Welcome into episode 99 here of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is former Alabama personnel director, Ole Miss recruiting coordinator, South Alabama wide receivers coach, and more. Three time world champ. Tyler Siski. I guess we're both three time world champions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there you go. Tyler Siski. And uh, it's football season, their games have been played. I didn't see them, but Tyler did. So uh, we'll, we'll talk some football uh, week one uh, right around the corner here on a uh, Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Tyler, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Had a uh, had a busy weekend, but a good weekend. Hot. It was, uh, it was really hot. It was – I was in the uh, Madison, Jackson, Clinton, Mississippi area – Throughout the weekend, on Saturday afternoon, when I went to get my son a uh, lunch between games, inside my Ford F-150, it registered at 109. <laughs> when they started playing the uh, second game on Saturday, it registered a cool 104. Okay. And when we finished, it was downright chilly. It was down to 98 degrees when we finished up that game. Friday Saturday. night, I went to the game Friday night. <clears throat> at kickoff, I don't know the temperature, but I know by, I don't know, halfway through the first quarter, I was sweating like I was in a sauna. Like, literally, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, it was just pouring to the point I was like, yeah, this isn't – I was just going to dehydrate. I mean, I was like I was playing. It was nuts. It was it was crazy hot. It was it, – I was making sure that uh, my my son was properly hydrated, and he, 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 he was, but there was – there was a ton of hydration that had to take place after playing for an hour and a half, and then you've got to recover and get ready to play again for another hour and a half against a team that hadn't played earlier in the day. So there was the, – the heat was, was – it was interesting. It wasn't nearly as bad on Sunday morning. They played uh, out at Hines on Sunday in a yeah, consolation it, game. It wasn't, a lighter. wasn't nearly as, as bad. It feels great today. Yeah, it feels – Actually got out and ran this morning. It was humid, but it wasn't the, the heat was nothing. You know, I'm I'm doing my rotation here for yep. our, all of our new folks, and I'm going with the Harvest Grape Rainstorm today. Okay, okay. This is a if you like Grape Fanta, Neil. Yeah, this is this is what it tastes like. Grape Fanta. It's gonna get my mind right. Got a little drive after the show today, so with with a wife, we're gonna go see uh, one of our kids play this afternoon. So, gonna get me a little Harvest Grape to get the juices flowing today. Good deal. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. You can check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. They have been the title sponsor of all 99 of our uh, podcast. We'll do number 100 tomorrow. How about that, dude? How about that? 100 episodes. 100 not like anybody's counting. No, no. Who's counting? Everybody's like, why do you count? I'm like, Joe Rogan counts. Yeah, might as well. Hey, the king counts. Why would you not count? <laughs> All right, Neil, start this thing off. We're going to pull this up. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to pull this up. We had a little, our preseason warm up into the betting this past weekend for our picks competition that will ensue this week. And this is when it starts counting. But we had our preseason. And Neil, you started off. A very balmy one in four yep. in your preseason picks. The one win that you had 
is you had San Diego State minus two and a half. Felt good about that one all along. Really did. And they dominated Ohio at home. Yeah. And they won 20 to 13. So what games, did, what games did I miss? I don't even remember who I picked. All right. So I'm pulling them up for you okay. right here. All right. So I know I had Vanderbilt covering and they did right. not. <clears throat> so you had New Mexico State minus six and a half. They got beat outright by Lost UMass. Lost to UMass. Okay. Uh, 41 to 30. Okay. You had La Tech minus 11 and a half. Okay. I had FIU plus 11 and a half. FIU covered, should have won the game. Bad deal to end. They lost on the last drive. They played hard. Okay. Uh, you did win the San Diego State minus two and a half. You also had Vandy minus 17 and a half, which we'll talk break down that game here in a minute. Okay. D- extremely in detail for all the fans. Uh, but they, they won by seven. Um, and then you had USC minus 30 and a half. And I had a little backdoor McCready action to – I had the San Diego State and they covered. Uh, so you went one and four. Yep. I went four and one with Vandy uh, screwing me. And so for all the new people that listen, I, I I don't just pick these picks. I actually bet them. Um. So I was. I don't bet them. Yeah. <laughs> I just pick them. So I went first week. I was just glad football was back on. First week I had a unit on everything, and then I had a one unit five-team parlay that would have paid me in the $800 range Okay, if it hit. And it came down to the old Vanderbilt Commodores. So I was not a Vandy fan um, on Saturday night. I was really pissed off at a lot of things. And I will let you know of my frustrations here shortly. Okay, Because we'll, we'll, it cost me. We'll air our grievances yeah, against the Commodores. I was not very happy with the Commodore performance in that game, and it cost me about 800 bills. But Yeah, I'm going to be of, of little assistance uh, today on, on football evaluation, which is good because I don't know what the hell I'm watching. Um, I saw somewhere between 10 and 15 plays of Navy-Notre Dame. In Dublin. And that's all I saw. Really? That's all I saw. Um, We went out to get some dinner on Saturday night. It was late. Uh, I was was tired. I was watching the Cubs on my phone. And I thought Vanderbilt would be on the TV, but apparently they had a late start or something. And I... Yeah, they had a weather delay. I kind of forgot to ever go check again. Not only did I get to watch every game while it was on TV in in the man cave... We had a little man cave resuscitation this weekend. Yeah, you sent me the photo of your man cave. You had four. You had four games going at once. And then YouTube TV is what what I use. And we had a. They have the game and a game and a game and a game. Yeah. So, dude, I'm fired up by this NFL season. I think I can get every single NFL game on at the same time because you can go one screen. So I put like, I mean, I had like uh, San Diego State and Ohio in one. I had Mercer. Uh, I even got the Mercer game in. Mercer played uh, North Alabama. Had their game on. So I had four on the one TV and I had three. So I had seven games going at the same time on the ESPN app, the whole deal. I was rolling. So uh, I got to see everything. And how about this? I even got to, got NASCAR on too. I know that, that fires you up, but Daytona was Saturday night. So I had NASCAR on as well. Oh, was it really? I mean, I was, I was, I was rolling. Yeah, we put a AC unit just in the man cave. So everybody's now pissed off because I had it set on 62 in the man cave and uh, everybody was pissed off, but it was good stuff. All right, before we get the Minister Mayhem in here, he's going he's gonna to join us here about 2.15. Um, did you see, I don't think you did, I had to remind you of it, our South Carolina Gamecocks over the weekend, Saturday morning, 
released their preseason hype video that they do okay. on social media. And who did they use as the voiceover? They used our podcast, dude. When we were talking, we were actually talking nice about South Carolina a couple weeks ago. They used that in their in their hype video. I felt like included, man. I was, yeah. I mean, like now we got, don't we have to pull for South Carolina now? I already kind of do a little bit. I was saying this on the Oxford Exxon podcast earlier today that I have, for some reason, I have a little soft spot for the Gamecocks. I think it's Beamer related. I, I seem to like him. I've never met him. Um, but I like him. I, 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 there's there's something about his energy that I like. I like the way that he deals with media. It, it's it's pretty respectful. I like that. Um, He's fun. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. Again, I've never met him. Uh, seems like a good dude. And um, I, I don't know. I kind of I, I told you this that I get a sense. And again, I mean, from a million miles away, right? So I could be completely wrong. And if I am, I am. But I get a sense just watching them that they have a pretty cohesive culture. That yeah. they that they have fun. That that he's a players' coach. That guys like playing for him. Um, I was in here yesterday. I was working on a weekly thing that I do at, at for rivals, and I had the Reds Diamondbacks game on on the TV over my shoulder, and it ended uh, with the Diamondbacks victory. Thank you, Arizona. And um, anyway, I didn't change it. I was I was kind of focusing on getting done. It was that time of day. And anyway, the Shane Beamer South Carolina show came on. Okay. And I heard it. I wasn't really paying attention, but I did look and watch some of it. It was, again, same thing. I, I just, I get the sense that that's a, a program that's got really good culture. I'm, that is, I think it's the game Saturday, other than the one that I have to cover. I think that's the one that I'm most interested in, South Carolina, North Carolina. I'm, I'm really curious to see what that looks like. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. Um, the person that helps with their uh, NIL uh, NIL uh, opportunities, I guess is the right way to put that. Mm -hmm. He listens to our show. I know him personally. So I called him and said I would be expecting a royalty check in the mail. So I was very – we didn't get, you know, no copyright infringement, anything like that. Hey, we'll let it, we'll let it hold up there, but I will be expecting the check for 14 cents in the mail. I'll be very upset if it's not 14 cents. You figure we get a helmet out of that, right? You would think we can, we could probably finagle a helmet out of that. Don't I you like, think? All right. SEC helmets. Most underrated SEC helmet is underrated. Yeah. Which one do you, okay, we'll start here. Which one do you like the most? Which one do you think oh. doesn't get enough love? <laughs> Was it prepared for that? Underrated helmet, SEC underrated helmet. Because I think the underrated SEC helmet of South Carolina. Yes, yeah, good. I like it. I'm, I'm down. I don't know. I don't hate any of them. No, I don't hate any um, of them. Well, Vanderbilt messes around with theirs too much to the point where you Are you like, a classic guy? I can be. Like, like I think, I think. I like Penn State's road uniforms as plain as they are. Yeah, sure, white. sure, sure. I like I, if I'm going to do something, I want to be top to bottom. But I got weird things too, right? So I'm definitely in the minority on this one. My okay. favorite, my favorite uniform combination when we were at Ole Miss, mm -hmm. which I I probably was the only person that liked it on the Emling entire planet. Okay, is I like the gray pants, the navy blue jersey, and the baby blue helmet. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite combination. You are in a minority. I'm on the that. only person that liked that. Um, I like the I like navy blue. Baby blue combination like North Carolina, they can really get their thing going, looking good. Um, Explains your affinity for the Memphis Grizzlies. You like all that, the different shades of blue. 
No, not the. I just it's navy and baby blue specifically. Most underrated helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I in a league full of really good uniforms. Yeah, I like LSU's. I like yeah. I like Florida's. I like South Carolina's. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the rest of them are just kind of there. Those are probably the ones I'm like. Okay, I like the helmet. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think the LSU helmets just lights out. I like the Auburn all white on road. Yeah, so we're doing whole uniforms here. Okay, yeah. all right, we'll do whole uniforms real quick. I I love Auburn's all white. I like their road uniform better than the home uniform. Yeah. Um. I didn't like our home uniforms at Alabama, even though it's classic. Really? Yeah. I like the road ones. I didn't like the home ones. I like the white on white. I don't like the. Okay. I don't like white pants, dark jerseys. I'm not a fan of that. Huh. So when Carolina breaks out the the, the garnet jersey, are they, do you like it better when they wear the garnet pant? With yes, it? I like solid color. I like I've, whatever reason. Really? Yeah, I'm always I like solid colors, the top and the bottom to match. Or if you're not, something contrasting. So where do you stand on LSU with the the white top and the yellow pants? It's just classic. I expect it every week. Now LSU once they've broken it out a couple times. The I white, don't like the I don't like the purple. No, no, I don't. Either. I like that when they wear the white jersey with the white pants. No, that's good. It's, it's pretty that's it's strong. And the white helmet. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, Alabama's not going to change anything though. No, like the the. Uh, I remember Coach Saban told us. I guess his very first year at Alabama, very first year at Alabama for one game they wore uh, houndstooth on the collar. I All they did was put houndstooth on the collar. That's the only change of the entire uniform. Was instead of being a solid collar, it was a houndstooth thing. He goes, man. They, I thought they were going to fire me after. <laughs> he said they were going to fire. Him. He said they they he was people were more mad at him about that than losing a game. So I used to be critical of Kentucky's checkerboard. Yeah, but when I found out that it was an ode to Secretariat, oh, I, I completely viewed it differently. I did not know that. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm I should have known that because you know Kentucky and horse racing and all that, but. Let's see if our guy's ready to go here. Kentucky's blue on white's fantastic. Um, they, they you might, like the chrome? No, 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 no. When you have, I'm, when you have those two colors, white and and royal blue, don't go outside that. You don't need you don't need black. You don't need gray. You don't need chrome. You don't need anthracite. Just what the hell is anthracite? It's like a a a, a kind of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers color. Okay, that was that's definitely a new one for me. Anthracite. I, I'm I'm here to try to let's see who was it. It's Kentucky's done that. Arkansas's done that with the anthracite, and it's like, nope, you don't need that. It's just not hop on. We said, okay, <clears throat> yeah, that's like I was watching today. It was five days till kickoff, right? And so there was a bunch of Darren McFadden stuff on the internet and the old throwback Arkansas stuff. Very clean look. That's yeah. that's their best look. I like all. I don't know if there's a road uniform I don't like. So here he comes. The uh, yeah, I'm a road guy. I, I'm not a not a home guy. There he is. Hey, hey. I got to give you a proper introduction. When I listened back to the show the other day, we didn't really tell people who Jeff Collins was. Well. I gave him a I gave him a big introduction, and then I called him the Minister of Defense. He's the Minister of Mayhem. Did you even catch that the other day when I said that? I did, but it's all good. Oh, I was like, "What the hell was I thinking?" I, I get 
I said CTE kicking in. Well, both are complimentary. I mean, Minister of Defense implies that, hey, this guy's like one of the best at coordinating a defense. Minister of Mayhem is cooler. Well, that's what he causes on the opponent opponent sideline when you're trying to – when he's freaking blitzing go. from all freaking nine directions. So Can you it, see the T-shirt? I saw – that's what maybe that's what made me think of it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Burden. Welcome for his second straight week. And we actually got ball to talk about today. Uh, second straight week joining us here on McCready and Siski, the Minister of Mayhem himself, Jeff Collins. Jeff, how we doing, my brother? Doing great. Doing great. I changed up the venue, so hopefully the aliens don't take over the uh, my <laughs> Wi-Fi service. They'll just go looking for you in the other room. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to get hop in this thing. I, I know something that, you know, since you were on last Monday and since you were on last Monday, Swamp Kings dropped on Netflix. And I know you have a lot of, uh, one, you have Florida ties, but two, obviously working with Coach yeah. Mullen. I just want to get your take and your reaction after watching it. What would you? What was your takeaways from that being so close to it? Yeah. Well, I've watched it twice. Uh, the whole thing, all four episodes. Uh, watched it the first time and was just by myself and blown away. Uh you know, as you're going through your career, you know, there's certain things that you don't realize are as special as they are. And, you know, being the defense coordinator at the University of Florida for two years, at the time, you know, it's cool. But then when you watch it back on Swamp Kings and just the environment and the atmosphere and the expectation level uh, from players, from fans, for everybody associated with it, uh, it's pretty cool, you know, just to, to look back on that. Uh, and then the four years that I was at Mississippi State, uh, it was it was that. You know, I lived those off-season workouts. And I was texting my buddies throughout, watching it two times. Uh, the mat drills that we did, I right. saw the glimpses. Talk to me. I got a question about the mat drills. Yeah. Did, did y'all uh, – so I was talking to Neil. I, again, this is where I forget if it was on camera or off camera. I was talking to Neil. I've never seen – the mat drill where you have to get off the mat and you can't let him get off the mat. Never seen yeah. that one. Did y'all do yeah. that one at state? So <laughs> this goes back. Me and Matt Rule at Western Carolina University did the old school mat drills. Yeah. Where you do the shuffles and the agilities yeah. and up downs and forward rolls and, you know, log rolls, all those things. We did those. So I remember my first day uh, when we did our first off-season workouts in 2011, they go, all right, Jeff, here's what we're going to do tomorrow morning. You're on the mat. And I'm like, heck yeah, I know how to do this. This is my this is my stuff. And uh we get there and I'm on the mat, and the very first person that goes on the mat is uh Chris Relf. And anybody that's an SEC historian, that's a quarterback that was six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds, uh playing quarterback in the SEC. He was a real large player. man. Well, he gets down uh, on, on hands and knees on the mat like a basic wrestling position. And then I can't remember uh, if it was Pernell McPhee or, or Ferg or uh, it was some huge defensive SEC defensive lineman gets behind him. And they say, go. And all of a sudden, Chris has to go to the other end of the mat without being able to stand up. And he wins if he gets across. He loses as if he doesn't. And the next thing I know... An SEC defensive lineman has our starting quarterback by the neck yeah. uh, trying to stop him from getting to the other side. And I'm knee deep in the middle of it for four years on the mat from then on. And it was the – I've tried to explain it to people. I called Matt Rule that day when the workouts were done. <laughs> oh, oh, we had him. 
Oh, it was getting good. We'll get him right back. We'll get him right back. I, I, I did. I have not seen this. I mean, I don't even know. I quit. I'm I have no to, idea. I've tried to explain it to my wife, <laughs> uh, and me showing that to her uh, was mind blowing to her because I tried to explain it to her in the past, and to no avail. And having that, you know. Uh, Having that video was was good. Seeing the Swamp Kings was was good eye opening experience for her, and it brought up some PTSD uh, for myself as well. So, all right, did they choke? I mean, what do you do when they choke somebody out? Like, what do you do? You just wake his Can't ass let up, him get up, and then obviously you try to not let that happen. And it was it was never, you know, they they showed a couple times that was you know pretty uh, pretty intense. Uh, but I think we had, you know, toned it down a little bit um, from what ended up on the Swamp Kings. So it was nothing uh, uber crazy, but it was very eye-opening. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in the SEC now. Let's go. All right, I got one quick – one more question about this, and I'll drop it because it, it, you're there, so I got, I got to figure this out. Why in the hell did they let cameras tape that on the Swamp Kings? Like – me and you from the same world. Cameras, y'all. We'll see y'all later on that right. on that drill, right? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think we had cameras <laughs> involved when we were doing it in Starville. Yeah. Um, but I still remember we had a Saint Valentine's Day workout. There's these special workouts that are involved in that, you know, that system. And I still remember one Saint Valentine's Day workout. Fletcher Cox changed the life of one <laughs> freshman wide receiver. I bet he did. You know I mean. This one, he didn't want to go to class. He didn't want to show up on time. He didn't want to X, Y, and Z. And the coaches, obviously, you know, Dan and the rest of us, try to get through to him. But there was one point in that workout, the, the 2011 St. Valentine's Day workout, that Fletcher Cox educated him uh, and just <laughs> – That's what we're called, educated. Educated him and just changed his life for the better from then on. You know, it was, you know, it was tough love, but it was, you know – it, it, the, it was a message that the young man needed to hear. And, uh, you know, Fletcher being, what, 6'4", 310. Yeah, large. And, you know, was able to communicate it to him. And, uh, you know, here's how to live your life. Here's how to handle your business uh, in an intense setting. And, uh, you know, so some positives came from it. When when you were at Florida, did you know the, those cameras were on all the time? That they were kind of getting everything. I, I couldn't believe some of the post game locker room stuff they got. Even the pregame locker room, they had everything. Yeah, it's it's uh, and I think nowadays with social media, there, there's it's a different world, you know. But I I don't remember seeing them. Um, I'm sure some of my talks are out there, and I hope they don't ever, you know, they stay where they're at right now. For real. That got me. Because it was kind of like the office or something where, like, yeah, the cameras are just everywhere. And, like, you kept waiting. You know, like, sometimes in the office, you know, like, Jim and Pam, like, are y'all really filming this? This is, we're just a paper company. But it was looking around. I mean, I was thinking about the part that I've watched. You had to know those cameras were in your face the way that they were. They were the, the, yeah. the shots they had. The worst is to me is when you're mic'd up at practice. You know they want to do they they want to do a video and I and here here to Chris Butchkin Butchkin's a good buddy of mine I will always love me some Chris Butchkin he's always going to be on my my Christmas card list because somewhere he's got some some video and some audio buried of your boy that that would not be very very good to get out because I be I mean you're 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 mic'd up for an hour and a half yeah. practice and then when you come out and they have like a fifteen second clip of you after an hour and a half of audio you, you kind of it gets a little. 
Because I don't want some of that stuff out there, man. It'd be bad. And it's got video matched up, too. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right, let's get in some ball. All right, so we talked last week. I wanted to get your take on this. Uh, We talked last week about USC kind of revamping the defense and spending a lot of time, all that stuff. After watching the game, what's kind of your thoughts? Where are you at with what they did on defense against San Jose on Saturday? Yeah, so I've watched that game twice now. Watched it in real time, you know, while they were while it was going on versus San Jose State. Then this morning on the Peloton, they had that Pac-12 for 60. Already had it cut up. I watched it again because um, I knew we were probably going to talk about it. Dude, I got we got to figure. I mean, I don't. He's the only one that ever does it. I know. And he's it's, changed. It's, and it's better today. It's better today. We're getting there. We're getting better. It's it's like the USC defense. You you do have to give things a few times. You so know? we start talking about Matt Rule that kicked him off, and now he starts talking about the USC defense kicks him off. So go yeah. ahead. But and and obviously I saw everything that that happened on social media, uh, all the discussions. Obviously the offense uh, for Southern Cal going off and having a great day, and I saw all the the comments about the defense. But the the thing that I took away when I watched Southern Cal last year play defense. Even when they were playing base defense, you know, just simple coverages, simple fronts, it wasn't good. The tackling wasn't good. The the effort or the the teamwork wasn't great. But when you watch them play Saturday, good offense, right? They put up 198 rushing, 198 passing. When they were playing base defense, they actually looked pretty good. You know, it's one of my favorite plays that they had. It was third and 12, middle of the third quarter, and they just went four-man rush day one install cover three and got a sack cost fumble, uh, you know, on, on that kind of play. So the the basic defenses that they were doing were actually their most successful. Then it's sometimes that they got exposed were doing too much. Yeah. Contain rushers, not containing edge defenders, not setting an edge, getting out leveraged on the perimeter. Um, and at times there, there was a third and 23. They run some fancy cross dog, Blitz, yeah, I saw and that. all running into each other, and the quarterback scrambles for a first. But you know, I still remember talking about being at Florida. Keanu Neal, Marcus May, probably going into my third game as a coordinator there, because I was trying to make a name for myself. I'm at the in the swamp, and let's bring the house and let's do all this fancy stuff. Marcus and Keanu said, "Coach, coach, coach, we got some dudes on this defense. Just let us play sometimes." I know you want to do all these sexy blitzes and all this fun stuff, and but sometimes, Coach, just let us play. And me hearing that was was just because as a young coach and being at some other places, you got to make a play as a coordinator. Yeah. But there, when you got straight ballers, sometimes you got to let the ballers just play. And I think when Southern Cal did that Saturday, that's probably when they had their most success. Yeah, for me, yeah, that was the thing for me is that's why I was going to get your take because I was like, I thought they they fit better, they look more confident in their base yep. scheme, and the mistakes and everybody nobody watches the game right. They just see San Jose right. State scores twenty eight points and they're like, oh, their defense still sucks. Well, they got a lot of it plays. The things that were wrong are fixable. Like they let yep. they did not hold contain very well against the quarterback because the rush lanes nope. were were not disciplined. Those are fixable outside things. Blitzer, yeah, outside blitzers would not take the proper uh, assignment. They were trying to yeah. two gap things when there should just be somebody that's inside of the fit, somebody that's outside the fit. They were doubling up, and some of them were young guys too that were doing that. 
but the the just base defense and the tackling much improved. And then San Jose made some plays too, right? I mean, there's some one-on-one opportunities that are just going to happen, but it yep. wasn't like the guy was beating coverage or anything like that. You, you know what I mean? It was a lot cleaner looking, even though the score didn't indicate it. Um, so I was I was curious for that. All right, uh, we'll get this and then get you out of here. Um, let's talk about this week. Now let's talk about we'll talk about the two big games. Obviously, are Florida and Utah on Thursday night. LSU, sure. LSU, Florida State on Sunday night. We'll yeah. kind of want to get your thoughts. Let's start with Florida and Utah. Key, what do you think some keys are? What we need to look for, uh, Florida and Utah. Well, one of the interesting things is it is, and you and I have both been at a bunch of directional schools. So the first week SEC play, there's a bunch of directions that are listed in the opponent's name. Forkham Demons. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of respect for all of them. But you know, the, the Thursday night game is going to be huge, right? Um, going out there to Utah, uh, they beat them in the swamp last year. Some uncertainty for Utah quarterback is rising going to play. Who's going to get the nod at that, you know, at that position? Um, and then how is Graham Mertz going to do, you know, coming from Wisconsin uh, over to the swamp? And, you know, I'm excited to see Austin Armstrong do his thing. Uh, with- we're good at this. We're good at the, yeah, we're, we're, we're the aliens. I like how he's gotten so good at it now. He's going to ding in. He won't even break. Watch this. What's up, fellas? <laughs> we were joking and said, you've gotten so good at this, you're going to come back on and just continue your sentence. Yeah. And just uh, excited to see what Austin's going to do, you know, with that defense. And, uh, you know, it's second year under Billy. Um, so I think in those two, I don't know if we're doing picks or whatever. It's Mayhem Monday. But um, on those two, I got to go with the SEC in both of them. Let's go. You, so you think you got Florida to win outright? I do. What about what about LSU Florida State Monday night? Yeah, it's, it's you know it's not the first year in the system anymore for Brian Kelly. Uh, Jaden Daniels is coming back. That was his first game last year. Brian Kelly's first game at LSU last year. Uh, I know LSU's going to be down there. Uh, great defensive tackle, but you know they've got so much depth across the line and uh, such a high quality defense. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think regardless of what happens, LSU or Florida State, they're going to go throughout the season, both being top 10 teams. So it's great to have such a high profile matchup. Um, but just the biggest piece is, you know, just understanding because somebody is going to win, somebody is going to lose. But losing that battle still means you still have a chance if you handle your business moving forward. All right, put your head coach hat back on for a minute and tell me what you thought of the uh, – I know it's such a small sample size, right? We really just don't have enough data to know yet. But what did you think of the, the, the rules with the clock and the first downs and the clock continuing to roll? Yeah, so that the, the very first, you know, game of the week was, you know, Navy-Notre Dame. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm texting a bunch of my buddies like, this game is about to fly by, right? Because Navy's running the ball. Uh, and just the clock keeps rolling. Notre Dame's running the ball really well, and the clock keeps rolling, and that thing was quick. Uh, but I think throughout the weekend, it kind of balanced out. I think it might have saved, what, on average, like seven plays and maybe like five minutes uh, off the totality of the game. Um, but that Notre Dame-Navy game, I thought, whoa, this is going to be completely different. Um, but, but at the end of the, the sample size, it wasn't that drastic. And then real quick, too, before before I get cut off of here, uh, got to give a shout-out because we talked about the triple and defending it last yeah. week. Got to give a shout-out to Al Golden, right, the defensive coordinator uh, at Notre Dame. 
used to be the head coach at Temple, so tremendous amount of respect for him. I thought they did a great job uh, defending it, and they had to defend a lot of looks that is not traditional Navy. I mean, Navy yeah. was doing something. They were going old school split back veer uh, and some unbalanced things and a bunch of shifts, and they were tempoing. And I thought Al Golden had those guys ready, sound, tackled well, and uh, I think they held him to like 160 yards rushing. And uh, I, I was impressed with the job o- that he did. Opened up the game in uh, 32 personnel, true old school, too tight wishbone, man. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. They ran it in short yardage, but it was good stuff, man. People want to know what your Peloton handle is, by the way, Jeff. I think it's Coach Collins. I keep it simple. Coach Collins on everything, so I think that's what it is. But uh, follow me. I'm putting up some numbers there, dude. <laughs> All right. Brother, I appreciate the hell out of you as always. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you, brother. See y'all. All right, bye. What a stud, my guy. Yeah, we were uh, – he was texting me during the, during the first game. We're like – because I think I texted you too. I was like, holy yeah. shit, this thing's going by. So we'll go ahead and go there. Um we got him since we kind of introduced it there. Let's talk about the clock rule stuff. Okay. A lot of people salty about the clock rule. A lot of people are upset about it. A lot of people it. are upset and salty about it. My morning show partner was worked up this Chase morning. Chase was worked he up. He was worked up this morning about it. Um, look. I'm apparently the only person in America that doesn't really have an opinion yet. I like it. I, I like the new clock rule. I, don't, I think it's it's going to change the game, but it's not going to take away. You know, it's not. I don't think it's like, oh, my gosh, we're taking away football that we don't have. Look, I, I put an old-fashioned stopwatch on it. A Notre Dame game, Notre Dame Navy, triple option, both teams running the ball. From the starting kick to the last the last freaking uh, clock hit triple zero was two hours and 47 minutes. Okay? So it was two hours and 47 minutes in that game. Jacksonville State, Jacksonville State played uh, UTEP, which we'll talk about that game here in a minute, but Jacksonville State played UTEP. That game lasted three hours and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Here's what you noticed about the new clock rules. At the end of the day, these games that were taking four hours are now taking 3.30. That's basically what it is. But if you're going to throw – if you're throwing a ton of incompletions and not getting first downs, the game – you won't see any difference in the game. Right. Where you're going to see difference in the game are teams that are that are moving the ball and getting first downs. And just by just natural people who are going to be pissed about it, if I had to guess – Offensive head coaches that like to run tempo are not going to like the new clock rule. Defensive coaches or ball control teams are going to love the clock rule. Everybody's going to have their opinion based on what self-serves their their motives. Does that make sense? So, again, like we said, you're going to be a little bit more intentional. No big deal, but a little bit more uh, intentional with your possessions. And I, I liked it. I, I did. I thought it made the – I think anything that can make one – keep the interest up in the game um, and keep games close in the fourth quarter. I'm for as a fan. I think you're, you want to look for games that are close. I think that's fun stuff. So, um, but I'm not really, I'm not really here to, I don't think it made that much of a difference to where it just changed the game. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Sure. I just think it made it tighter. And then look, this is about TV money. Let's don't get, I mean, that's where the checks are coming from. Of course. So if that if we're gonna take their fifty million dollar check and smile, don't bitch about five plays being gone. That's my take on it. I agree completely. Listen, now, if you don't want their money, cool. Then you get to do your own thing. But, but in this but, world, that's a lot of that's well, a lot of money. You know, they have whether it's good or bad, it's up for somebody else to debate, doesn't matter to me. They have become quite dependent, these athletic departments, on the T V money. 
Yes. And the TV money is massive. And when you get it, of course, the TV people are going to have a say in what you do. Yeah. I mean, they just are. And, and you know. But I don't, I, I will say this. I don't want to hear shit about this thing being for player safety. I'll say that. This is no, what it's it's about. Let's call it, it what it is. It's TV. Let's just call it what it it's is. The TV people do not want, what they don't want is the blowout game that lasts four hours because they can't break away and go to the next game. Yeah. And they're having to start another game. They're having to, they're taking one game that's 45 to seven and it just won't end. This is the TV people. Yep. Whether you like it or not, it's up to you. I don't, again, not really sure I care. 45 to seven. And meanwhile, a game that's kicking off at zero to zero isn't on the screen because they're contractually obligated to finish this one. Yes. And so they got to go to the app. So they got to go to the app and people don't like that. And then they don't get the numbers on the competitive game. You know, what happens if it starts out 17 to nothing by the, okay. Right. So 45 to seven ends, Good point. 45 to seven ends. And then they, Hey, joining in progress, one minute, 12 seconds left in the first, and it's already 17 to nothing, Tennessee. Well, your casual fan looks at that and goes, next, that's over. That's a blowout. They don't even put the context on, well, it actually isn't the team, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's that's their complaint. And look, they're the ones footing the bill. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. May Again, maybe I'm the only football person ever that likes it, but I just, I don't know, I like it. I thought it was, it made the... Like, there's nothing worse than the afternoon window when you're wanting to watch the 6 o'clock games. Yeah. And then, oh, this game is starting on the app, whatever. But you also – you may be in in that game. You may want to watch that game, the end of that game. Yeah. You missed the beginning. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Let's go uh, – I want to go here. Um, had a few. Week zero takes. want to talk about this. Um, had a few. Didn't have a lot, but I had a few. Start out well. What Jeff and I kind of talked about a little bit: uh, USC and San Jose State. So you you see in the last two days, Sunday and then this morning, everybody making all these hot takes about the defense. Be defense. They're the same old USC, same old USC. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow your rolls, okay? Slow your rolls. It, it's not like Jeff talked about. We were talking about a minute ago. This defense is totally different. All right, I think they got the things that they got in place. They can fix. So I want to see that moving forward. But I want to put this name on your radar. Zachariah Branch from USC. You better go see if you can find some Heisman odds on this one. Okay. He is the most electrifying electrifying freshman I've seen since a guy named Reggie Bush. I'm talking about this guy can do it. That's what they look like. If you want to see what a what a ball player looks like, what a guy want a ball. I mean, he every time he touches the ball you got that feeling kind of like Reggie Bush that you just knew he was going to score or do something crazy every time he touched it. He literally – I mean, what kind of nuts does this take as a freshman? He takes a kickoff and just kind of trots, like literally not even half speed, and just waits and sets his block up and 97 yards of the house. They wouldn't have tackled him in a flag football game. I mean, he is – I mean, he touches the ball. He is a guy. Their offense is elite of the elite of the elite. Yeah. I mean, they are they are really, really good. But Zachariah Branch, if you get a chance to watch them play, he's number one. You can't miss him. He is he is going to be special. I will be shocked if he's not a Heisman Trophy candidate before his time's up. I mean, he may be one this year because he's going to put up big numbers in that offense. Um, very impressive there. 
All right, Navy Notre Dame. Um, we you and I texted a little bit about this the other day on Saturday. Very hard for me. Everybody's swinging on. You know, Notre Dame's nuts already. Very hard for me to tell how good Notre Dame is. They just which they did what they were supposed to do. They dominated the game. Navy did not look like a great team. Uh, not athletic. They did a really good job stopping the triple. Al Golden, he talked about, did a really good job. But there were even times that they gave them some formational looks and got guys free, and you're like, oh, he's fisting the score. Nope, he got caught for a two-yard game. Yeah, one of the plays that I saw, Navy had a third and five, <laughs> and they ran option, and it looked like they had it blocked. But the running back was so slow <laughs> that – the linebacker kind of the linebacker got kind of beat went wrong hole and chased him down yeah. from behind. He undercut it and should have been smoked, and then he caught him from behind for like a two yard game. Yeah, so it was fourth and three, and yeah. then I think they had a bad snap or something. And at that point, I'm like, "This is dumb." And so I was went back to whatever I was doing, right? And and so that again, I don't. I'm giving the smallest sample size of all sample sizes. The only thoughts that I took from Notre Dame was Hartman's really good. Yeah. Very accurate. Very accurate. They're 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 going to be very fundamental on offense, I think. I don't know that they have the explosive weapons that you need to win the whole thing, but Navy's bad. Yes, they yeah, they they are not very good. I think they're playing Memphis here coming up pretty soon. Um so the only other thing that was weird to me is Notre Dame left. They they did sub quarterbacks. Marcus Freeman was like taking timeouts. Like, look, I'm betting on the under, Marcus. I don't know if Marcus bet on the over or what. If he had people in his ear, he left to start. He was giving the start running back carries up forty something points with like a minute and a half to go. I'm like, get him out of the game. Let's take a knee. Let's get out of here. He called like two timeouts on the last drive with the ball. I'm like, Marcus, what are we doing? Like it started make me think. Did somebody get in his ear? But hey, coach, the over. We got a score to hit the over. I'm like, I hey, I was like, Marcus, this is not cool for somebody who bet the under. Yeah, my guess is that he was doing that deal of look, we're gonna get, we're gonna get our money's worth here. We're gonna. Well, he was. He We're did do that. Play. But he did hit the under, so I was his friend. But they had the um, – they were just so much better and more athletic than they were. It wasn't even close. All right. Uh, Jacksonville State played uh, UTEP. My good friend, Rich Rodriguez. Um, first uh, – as an FBS member, first game. Um, yeah. They played host uh, to UTEP. Hot as all get out. Look, I, I'm excited about them being able to bet on those guys this year. Um, they played – if you watch that game, they played as hard – harder, excuse me, not as hard. They Those kids, he had those kids playing fast, playing physical. I mean, that was a physical freaking game. I and mean, it's like what you would expect from a Rich – like Rich Rod year two, he's got the culture. The game was like 17 to 14. They got screwed on a spot um, on fourth down twice, um, once for UTEP, once for them. They the game should they were probably fourteen to seventeen points better than UTEP and UTEP's supposed to be one of the better teams in that league this year, um, but they still found a way to win. You know, um, Zion Webb was our quarterback last year. Who he, won? Uh, Jackson State. That's what I thought. He was back. I got criticism for picking UTEP down in their league. Really? Yeah, people got mad at me. I was like, I'm just throwing something out there, but. Well, yeah, they, anyway. they're su supposed to be – they got a lot back, right, Okay. in that league. And then that's – you know, it's Conference USA, so like Sam Houston's up. Now Liberty's in there. Yeah. You got New Mexico State's in there, FIU. So um, when you're looking at La Tech, when you're looking at um, the league and how it goes, look, I, they're going to be good. They're going to they're gonna win – they're going to win some – they're going to win their fair share of the league games. 
Um, they're fun to watch, and he's probably going to get mad at me for saying it, but Zach Alley, the defensive coordinator at Jacksonville State, so he was an analyst at Clemson, so he's a young coach at Clemson. He came to Monroe for a year when Rich Rob was there. Okay. And so when Rich got the job at Jacksonville State, he hires him. Just young, nobody knows anything about him. Dude, he is he is good. I mean, he is really good. You're talking about young and upcoming coaches? They were playing fat like it was fun to watch. Um, the interesting thing for me is, uh, you know, Zion Webb and true Rich Rod fashion. Dude, they had guys running wide ass open. They they were they had it there. Uh, Webb, who was their quarterback last year, had a rough game. Missed some open guys. Uh, Rich Rod got pissed. The last drive of the game, he, he pulls him and puts in Logan Smothers. So Logan Smothers, for those that don't know, was from Athens, Alabama, high school quarterback, signed with Nebraska. Went there for one year. He, he comes back, transfers back home. Put him in at the end of the game. He only had one drive. Uh, but they got a good quarterback competition. And when they get their stuff cleaned up, that's what I'm saying. Like, all their stuff is cleaned up and all that stuff. When they get it cleaned up, Jacksonville State's going to be a problem. I know some people are like, oh, you know this. I'm not saying they're going to win the natty or going to the playoff. But with their schedule, they're going to they're gonna put together a, a more than respectable record. Um, and then, you know, they're ineligible for a bowl game this year yep. in, unless – there's not enough teams oh. to be bowl eligible. Well, that could happen. And that could happen with all these bowl games. Um, and if that's the case, I, I like Jacksonville State getting to a bowl game in year freaking one of the FBS. Check out Lance'sLock.com. Baseball's in the home stretch. The preseason has started in the NFL, and college football is here as well. If you need help handicapping games, Lance'sLock.com is the best value, has consistently won for nine straight documented years. Right now is the best price of the year. It's Lance's Lock. Dot com. Uh, GJG said at some point it'd be, it'd be fun to hear about what analysts do. Uh, the best way to describe it is a paid GA. They do a lot of the same yep. same stuff that GAs do with breakdowns and things like that. A lot of times they're an assistant to the assistant. Yes, they are a well-paid graduate assistant. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, all right, last take from week, week zero, and then we'll get on talking about week one. Vandy. Boy, I, I, look, this is a difference in our show and everybody else. I will tell you when I was wrong. Okay. I was way, 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 way wrong. I clearly was too. Um, I didn't see it, but obviously. I just assumed, and you know what assuming will do? I've heard. It will make an ass out of you and me. I've heard that. All right. I assumed. So probably has anyone who ever played JV football in their lives, <laughs> they've heard that, yes. Yes. You'd be surprised. They have some major issues as opposed to other ones that can be fixed. Up front on the offensive line-wise, they actually have improved uh, mm-hmm. recruiting-wise in the skill positions. They have, they have for Vanderbilt, well above normal skill players for Vandy. Uh, they got good speed, uh, good receivers, good quarterback. Up front on the offensive line, boy, they were getting dominated by Hawaii. That is not a good sign. No, that's a that's a scary sign. They gave up nine. They they had fifty six snaps on Saturday night. They gave up nine tackles for loss. Nine. That's nine tackles that's, occurred behind the line of scrimmage. It's basically, one every six plays. That's not. That doesn't count sacks, which they gave up three. So twelve of their fifty six oh, plays were wow. either sacks or tackles for loss against Hawaii. Not a good sign. Um, they only ran for thirty nine yards. Against Hawaii, not a good sign. Um, defensively, their pass defense, atrocious. 
Okay, so what, what do you attribute this to? Just t- skill, talent, speed. It's, re- it's recruiting. Yeah, well, exactly. But it's so it's difficult for them to do that, you know, with at the level. But I get that part. But like, all right, did Ricky Wright? It's a kid we recruited here at Ole Miss. Fun fact: he was. The, we actually did go see him the day we got fired. Right before we were going to go see Robbie Ashford, he had two interceptions. They got him playing safety. Just to give you an idea, we were not recruiting him to play safety. He was going to be an outside backer, a Jack Sam for us. And he's playing safety, if that tells you. He's athletic, super athletic, but yeah. we wanted him athletic to rush the passer, not to cover people. Um, he has two picks. He did. He does good. But uh, Hawaii's quarterback was 27 of 35 for like 350, and two of those incompletions were picks. Um, they lose the game by seven points. They had the ball first and goal at the one, and instead of it got reversed, you know, that they marked him down short. They throw a fade that gets picked. They should have scored. Hawaii should have won that game. Hawaii should have won that game. Um, they completely – and if – now, here's what Vanderbilt can do. If you let them – if you just run straight at them, they they will stop you. But anything on the perimeter or throwing the ball on defense, they're in trouble. Um, so I guess my advice would be this. If you're a Vanderbilt fan, you better get to the game this weekend against Alabama A&M. You better get there. I, I, they can't. You're, you can't you're saying You're saying – they can't. They can't. Play UNLV, like that. Wake, those games. I'd they're in trouble. Gotcha. I'd be concerned. Extreme, extremely concerned. No way they win a league game. No way. As a matter of fact, I made a wager with somebody this morning. I would give him. I wagered that they would go over, and he could just take one game, and nobody would make the bet. Nobody would take the bet. I don't know who they beat. So, so this is his third year. At this point, is is it? Oh, is this an evaluation issue? No, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But they're in trouble. Like, I mean, it's one thing to be the worst team in the SEC. It's another thing to to not be able to hang with or like they to, hit, to not be able to put Hawaii away. Yeah, they it's it's up. It's the spots that matter, right? It's the they didn't get any pass rush. It's the it's it's the fronts. It's the fronts, which is what you have to have in this league. Um. You know, they got they had a couple of good players. They get taken away from NIL or whatever they ever get anybody. They get pillaged. Um, they almost get pillaged like a group of five team. But it's gonna be you're talking about like there's gonna be, you know, what's Ming, like Mingo every time he played against Vanderbilt would have like two hundred and seventy five yards. Yeah. I mean, like, there's gonna be people like you could put them like Tennessee may score seven hundred points on these guys. Like if you can run vertical and throw the ball vertical, they have no chance of stopping you. None. And AJ Swan's a good player. Yeah, but he was pressing, like because he knew he was getting he was getting hit, man. I don't know if he can stay healthy. I mean, he was getting throttled by by Hawaii, and I'm sure Hawaii's got it rolling. I'm sure I mean, they they may be the greatest team in the Mountain West, but brother, it, it's going to be a long. That it, it was not a good first week uh, for Vanderbilt. All right, uh, let's go ahead. We'll save this other one. We'll talk about Arizona State tomorrow. I got something I want to talk about that tomorrow. Okay, remind me tomorrow. All right, let's move. Uh, Let's go in and we'll I, and I also I want to tease this because I would like if you get thirty six seconds tonight, we'll tease these two for tomorrow. One Arizona State. I got some things I want to talk about the Arizona State self imposed bowl ban. We'll talk about tomorrow, and also the HBO Max Bishop Sycamore documentary. So if you're listening to the pod, or you are Neil McCready, take five minutes and watch that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Is it really just five minutes? No, it's it's longer. Ooh. But it, they will, that's about what it will take you to formulate an opinion. Okay. 
Um, it was very interesting. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I want I'd like to get your honest take on it tomorrow. Okay. Take 30 seconds of your day. You will formulate everything that you need to know. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about uh, tomorrow. We're going to hit SEC games. I want to talk about week one games of note, not involving the SEC teams. Okay. All right. So the first one's Thursday night. Um, Nebraska at Minnesota. Minnesota is favored by seven and a half. It was this morning. I, somebody told me that line had moved. Uh, I'm really at Matt Rule's first game. Yeah, I'm interested in this game. There's, Big, there's some Nebraska buzz that's out there that I don't know whether it's valid or not, legit or not, but I'm interested in seeing what the Huskers look like. Yeah, I, I'm all you know. Jeff Sims, the quarterback, used to be the quarterback at Georgia Tech, now <clears> the quarterback at Nebraska. Yeah, Matt Rule's a co- ball coach now, and he, you can say what you want to. There's been a lot of coaches go to go to the NFL and not do great. A lot of college coaches, but he is a hundred percent in his college endeavors. He's always done really well on the college level. He gets it. Um, I'm very interested. In this this is almost like culture versus culture. And I think it's a big year at Minnesota. I do too. I think it's he's he's been there too. a while. Um, they're tough. It's like toughness versus toughness a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been putting in that uh, ground and pound play action. You know, identity at Minnesota. They're hosting uh, Nebraska. Nebraska's getting a touchdown. You know, I haven't put locked my picks or anything in for this weekend, but this is one I'm looking at. Nebraska plus seven and a half. Yeah, that's the way I'm leaning on that one. I mean, like early looks, which means you should probably. Absolutely. Take, take Minnesota. Minnesota lay your points. <laughs> All right. Louis- here's, here's another one. This is another one. Louisville minus seven and a half against Georgia Tech. Is this in Atlanta? It's in, it is in, but it is a uh, I think it's in the in the dome or okay. whatever the dom- the dome is these days. All right. Louisville minus seven and a half against Georgia Tech. There's a lot of Louisville buzz out there, and yet this is only a seven and a half point line. I know that you think I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I think you'll agree. You you think Georgia Tech's going to be an improved team? Yeah, I do. Um I like I like Jeff Brom, who's the new head coach at Louisville. Yeah. I, he's done very good wherever he's been a head coach. He is, you know, from the Petrino tree. Okay. Um very underrated offensive mind. You know, he's not underrated in the Big Ten circles, but right. in SEC circles, because he's never been here, people, like, don't even think about him sometimes. Okay. He's now the head coach at Louisville. Um, Brent Key is at Georgia Tech. Uh, Brent won four. I think it's four out of five down the stretch last year at Georgia Tech. They played well down the stretch. He's had a full – he's had that to build on going into the offseason. Um, I I think Georgia Tech – I'm not saying they're going to win the ACC or anything, but Georgia Tech's not going to be a walkover for anybody. Um I like if you just made me pick today, I would take Georgia Tech plus the points against Louisville. I get that the the Jeff Brom buzz, but I understand it. I like him, but I, that's a lot of points. I would try to keep now if you if you gave it to me at six or five, I probably wouldn't touch it. But I think this is a four point game, maybe. I think this is I like Georgia Tech and the points. All right, Colorado, the Deion Sanders era begins in Fort Worth against TCU. The uh, Buffs getting twenty and a half. Ooh, you know what I screwed up? Here's where I screw up. I meant to ask Jeff about this. We'll get his opinion on it next week. I am maybe the most entertained with this game of the whole whole weekend. I will be locked in like like it's the national championship game. I'm intrigued. 
Um, what time is this game? Do you know? 11 a.m. Okay. Fox. Okay. As my guy, Mock 10 Sports, Dave Shoemate, told me this morning, and he's right because I noticed it, Fox, and rightfully so, Fox, mm-hmm. is promoting the shit out of this. They should. Like they are promoting the they should. national it's, championship. At, at a minimum, it's the circus coming to town early in the season. Why Every not? single promotion has nothing but Deion Sanders on it. Sure. And not one word. Not one word of their promotion has said anything about TCU playing in the national championship game a year ago. Yeah, because it was seven thousand to seven. Nobody, they still nobody, played it. I get it, but nobody wants to talk about it. But look, the but att- if you're promoting a game, wouldn't you say no, I'd Colorado the- versus Latin the twenty twenty two runner up? I would just do Dion. They are. They should. That's what they're doing. They should. Because at a minimum, it's the circus comes to town. And you can take this for what it's worth. I have on good authority that TCU people know that. Sure, of course. And they will be ready to play. Yeah. And it's at home. It's not no 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 field that no they're not playing in Jerry World. Mm-hmm. They are at the house. I would think they would with a chip on their shoulder. I would think they would love to pummel Colorado. I will. I have it on good authority that they will try. Yes. It will not be for lack of effort. Um, I'm, but I'm I'm so interested in this. Um, any way you look at it, if you are a Dion fan, and he and he does well, you're gonna be like you're gonna love the shit talking. But Dion's put it out there. If he does, if it doesn't go well, yeah. the backlash. There are trolls out there. I've heard. I didn't know if you knew that or not. There are there internet are. trolls. Yes, and I think they're just gonna be lined up. I can't wait to look at social media on Saturday at about two o'clock. I think it's gonna be great. All right, we got Ohio State giving 30 at Indiana. I know these guys are friends of yours. They are. It has not gone well the last couple of years at IU. What's happened? It's just tough, tough division, dude. Yeah. I mean, they're in there with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan on that side of the league. That's tough. That's tough. for. I mean, that's why you don't hear about many teams other than those three and on that side. You know, they, they – uh, I think they're going to be better. Um, Ohio State, I'm interested to see – uh, quarterback, what they do there, how can they distribute the ball? Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., like I said last week, I think is the second best player in college football, not named Caleb Williams. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's going to be impossible to cover for anybody. Uh, it's at home. It's at Indiana. Um, you know they've never got about. They've never gotten over this hump. They actually beat Penn State a few years ago. I think they beat Michigan too the COVID year. Um, but yeah, it's a big year for Tom and those guys. All right, here's one that's kind of getting some upset talk. Boise State getting 14 and a half at Washington. Where's the Boise buzz coming from? Well, I think Boise's favored by just about everybody to win the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington depends on who you talk to. There's people who pick Washington to win the Pac-4. Um, you know, they have Michael Penix Jr., obviously. That's where all the buzz has come from Washington. I think it's going to be a close game. If you just made me just pick right off the off the gate, this is a game I'd probably take Boise and the and the hook fourteen and a half. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I like fourteen and a half. I think they keep it close. Uh, but just let everybody know if I do decide to pick this game and I do take Boise, guaranteed Washington will win because I cannot hit a Washington game for or against. I think I'm zero for like twelve. UTSA heads to Houston. Uh, the uh, is it Roadrunners? They're giving the Roadrunners giving a point. To the Cougs. One of the most interesting lines of the week, really. Um, uh, Jeff Trailer, who did our show back in the spring. Mm-hmm. Good dude. He's They got a – they're loaded. They really didn't lose anybody. They got Zachariah Fl- uh, Franklin back for year 64 in their offense <laughs> um, as quarterback. 
look, man, they're good. He's got great culture. He's good. Houston's having to replace a lot. This is like friend on friend here. Doug Belk, the defensive coordinator at Houston, is one of my really good friends. Worked with him in Alabama. Uh, Brandon Mack, who I recruited, uh, personally recruited here to Ole Miss, transferred. He's playing um, in their system and outside backer there at Houston. So I, I'm interested to see. I'll, I'll watch the game because of friends. Uh, probably won't bet on this game. I think it's too close. I could, I could see it going either way. But uh, UTSA is not is not backing off. They got Houston and they play Tennessee here in a few weeks too. So they, they're, they're loaded up early in the season. All right. Uh, West Virginia heads to Penn State. The Mountaineers getting 20 and a half. Big year for Neil Brown. Yeah, it's huge. Big, big year. Um, Although, here's the deal with that job. They're in the Big 12, and they're settled in, and that's a good league. I don't know how super attractive that gig is, right? I mean, you're. it should be. They do a really surprisingly, which they're not talked about. I know what I would do if I were them. <laughs> I know. I know what you, before you say what I know you're about to say. Yeah. Their NIL is really good. Yeah. For what people don't they don't get talked about a lot, but they, they I'd do run have it NIL. back. I had a feeling you were gonna say that. And I would. I'm not trying to put I'm not trying to make put Rich in a weird spot, but <laughs> he 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 had big success at West Virginia. And it was a different era, but it wasn't that different of an era. They actually they 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 wore real helmets and everything. Um Fast mask and everything. He he won there. And burner guns. He won there. He made it exciting there. They 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 dug it there. And for more than a minute, they were pretty damn relevant there. Now it's a different deal. That was in the Big East. This is the Big Twelve. The travel's funky and of course everything's funky now, but they did get a little if, help with Cincinnati coming in because that's the now that's their closest opponent. Yeah, if but if they can't for some reason, if they can't make it work with Neil Brown, I would if I were them, I would encourage them not to overthink it. Yeah, um, like I think they they it's it's easy to overthink it and go, hey, we're going to go get this young hot coach, whatever. Okay, but that's what Neil Brown was. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what he was. And Neil's a good coach, man. I, I know that's what I, I'm saying. It's, I, 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 if I were them and I were in the room. Assuming again, look, I, I I hope it works out for Neil Brown and they have a good season and, and he gets a new contract and the whole deal. But in in the world where it doesn't, and I'm in the room, I'm like, hey, let's not overthink this too much. Let's let's at least let's at least talk about. Well, I can tell you who I, I can tell you who will be all behind it and then some. Let's in the event I don't wish anything bad on Neil. I really like Neil a lot. I think he's a really good football coach. I think it's a tough situation, but he's a really good football coach. In the event that that does come up, Pat McAfee will be all aboard Rich Rod coming Yeah. Because that's his guy. Yeah. It just it makes a lot of sense. But I think uh, I'm interested to see Penn State. Like if Penn State's going – this is a good game. I mean, you know, if you're looking for national picture stuff, a lot of people – you hear Penn State mentioned. Yeah. Like they got to – they need to show it. This doesn't need to be a – this doesn't need to be a close game for them to – getting the national, you know, for people to start talking serious about them. I know a game both of us will be uh, trying to keep an eye on. Um, oh, I'll be off. This will yeah, be. Yeah, I'm, I'm. This will be on screen one with the, with the volume up. Yeah, this will be. I think I'll get back in time to catch probably second quarter. Moving on on this one, uh, South Alabama heads to New Orleans to play Tulane. 
Lines are moving. Uh, the Jaguars, according to uh, Tyler here, are a six-point underdog against the Green Wave. I think it was at seven and a half a week ago. Um, um, look, he's not listening today because he better be practicing. I really like their team. Really like their team. Um, talking about South Alabama. Yeah. Um, I am biased, obviously. Um, so I try to let everybody know when I'm biased so you know where to take it with a grain of salt. But I like their team, dude. I don't I don't know how you can have 21 or 22 starters come back and not like that team that won 10 games. In Tulane situation, they got the quarterback back, but they lost a lot of other stuff, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and they're getting ranked based on the media looking at last year. They beat USC. Well, three-quarters of the guys aren't there anymore. Yeah, the quarterback it, is. He's it, a good player. It's a lot of res- it's a lot of respect for Michael Pratt, and it's yeah. deserved. He's, good he's, player. He's been a terrific college Great player. Great player. Yeah. Um. But, dude, I, I like I like South. I like their team. Um, I like what Kane does, and I know he's my friend, and he's on our show and all that stuff. Dude, Kane Womack is a ball coach. John Summerall at Troy is a ball coach. Like that league has Will Hall. When we were talking about guys within an hour and a half of each other, the Sun Belt has as good of coaches as any league in the country. They just haven't got their shot yet. And everybody keeps everybody keeps you know you start looking out where all these coaches are coming from. They're coming from the Sun Belt. So if you're if they're coming up, and I and I think that's what you're seeing here. And and well, these guys are these guys are good. They're going to get the shot. I yeah, mean, the, the, they're going to get their shot sooner rather than later. The three that you've mentioned are all going to get yeah. opportunities. Big believer in all three of those guys. Again, I know them personally, but I'm just being honest with you. Um, you just know when people got it, and all three of them have it. And that's Will Hall. That's John Summerall and Kane. I'm really excited to watch this game. Um, probably will be, I mean, like I said, it'll be screen one for me. Trailer will get his shot too. Jeff will get his it's, shot. It's coming. And he will probably be the next – like he he will be, if you're a Texas or a Texas A&M, one of those type schools when it opens up, if they do open up whenever they do because everybody's just renting a whistle. I mean, I'm not wishing bad upon anybody. But it's it August happens. 28th. We should talk yeah. hot seats. It's hot seats already. Yeah. Um, but whenever those jobs come open, like Jeff, you talking about – let him get one of those jobs. There will be a. It'll go back to old Mac Brown days back in the early two thousands where nobody leaves Texas. Uh, Buffalo heads to Wisconsin. It's the uh, Luke Fickle debut. Uh, the uh, Badgers giving twenty eight. I put this on here for all of us sharp betting junk junkies. Started doing some early peaks at some games and stuff today for for Mega Rain Thursday. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin is favored by twenty eight against Buffalo. All right? Yep. Just going to let everybody know, Phil Longo's in his first game at Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. They're playing Buffalo. There is going to be a desire to make the scoreboard light up. No question. Does anybody disagree with that? No way. Okay. 28 points. All right? Luke Fickle, in case anybody didn't know this, pretty damn good defense coach. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. All right? And they have a lot of defensive personnel back. I mean, I see this like a 56-14, 56-17 game. Yeah. You're giving me 20. I hate, I hate big, big numbers. I love this one. Like, this one's already on my short list for uh, this week for Make It Rain Thursday. I think, I think Longo is going to try to score 100 points if he can. I really do. I don't think there's going to be any. He's going to go full tilt. I think they're going to make a good show first game. Uh, Buffalo got some friends at Buffalo too, um, but that's going to be a different different area right there. 
And then the last one we got listed here, uh, it's a Monday night game. Clemson uh, heads to Durham to play Duke. Clemson, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. This line feels low to me. I love it. Um, this is also on the short list. I almost didn't put it on here because it's Monday. We're actually going to have a show on Monday before right. this game. Um, I like the Dukies. Oh, interesting. I like the Dukies. Sli- like, nobody's even talking about Duke. They're, they're, they're sneaky good. I'm not – I know everybody like, – I like Clemson. I think they got great players. Um, I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. San Ro- it's in uh, Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the Dukies. If you just made me pick today, I would take the Dukies. I'm going to do some more research on it, but I would take – I think it's going to be close, but I think it'll be a 7-10 to point game. I think it'll be a close game. Okay. That's all I got today, boss man. All right, so we will uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, with uh, episode 100 of the show. We'll turn a, long, a lot of our attention to our SEC. Everybody getting ready for game number one, except for Vanderbilt, which is getting ready for game number two. Better get uh, to it, Vandy fans. SEC games, by the way. These are the um, Thursday. That we mentioned Florida at Utah. South Dakota is at Missouri. There's no line on that game. Uh, Virginia and Tennessee are getting together in Nashville on Saturday morning. The uh, Volunteers are 28-point favorite. Kentucky playing host to Ball State. The Wildcats giving 26-and-a-half. The Arkansas, who they play, Western Carolina game has been moved from 3 p.m. to noon. There's no line on that game in Little Rock. Uh, Ole Miss entertains Mercer at uh, 1 on SEC Network Plus as well. No line on that game. Uh, UMass heads to Auburn. Hugh Freeze's first head coaching appearance on the Plains as the Auburn head coach. He uh, he and the Tigers laying 37 points to the Minutemen. A couple of uh, one 3 p.m. game now. Southeastern Louisiana is in Startville playing Mississippi State. No line on that game. UT Martin is at Georgia. 5 p.m. game. No line on that game. At uh, 6, you've got Alabama A&M at Vanderbilt. Mentioned that one, no line on that game. And then uh, New Mexico at Texas A&M, six o'clock game. New Mexico getting 38 points. Uh, South Carolina getting two and a half points against uh, North Carolina in Charlotte. That game's 630 on ABC. And then uh, Middle Tennessee is at Alabama. That game's 630 on the SEC Network. The uh, Blue Raiders getting 37 and a half. And then we mentioned the Sunday night game on ABC. It's LSU and Florida State at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. The Tigers laying two and a half. You know what I hate about the SEC schedule this time of year, besides them not playing anybody? It's like during the season, they're playing each other, so it's less games you have to watch. Yeah. I feel like i got to watch 14 football games this weekend. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah, – I, I know feel, you don't, don't feel that I don't feel that. I, don't, I do. I don't like, feel I feel like I have necessity. to – Because I watch them – like, to me, again, it's not what the score says early in the season. It's what it looks like. Yeah. Like – I get what the score at USC and San Jose said. I get that, but that's not what it looked like. I saw that. I saw that they scored thirty-five points. Vandy did against Hawaii. That's not what it looked like, right? You know, it's what what does it look like? So I feel like I gotta, I gotta check that out and see the difference. Um, you know, it's kind of like, dude, our guys at FIU about beat your boys in Ruston this weekend and threw for four yards. By the way. FIU's quarterback threw for four yards in the game and almost won the game. They had it beat. He has this crazy stuff. tech look. Eh. Yeah. The FIU was good on defense. Got a guy that got knocked out for target and kind of hurt their depth a little bit. 
but the quarterback for for FIU. I think, I think Tech is paying the price for being in the wrong league. Yeah, I do. The quarterback at FIU, one of the craziest stats. They were four and seven, four and eight, where they were last year. In the four wins last year, he threw like ten touchdowns and no picks. In their seven losses, he threw no touchdowns and eleven picks. Oh, it was you know it was just complete. Yeah, and it's Jekyll and Hyde, but they they ran the ball well. If they could get when they get good quarterback play, he's got he's got them playing really well on defense. They held them as long as they could. It was a it was a good game. If you're I mean if you're a football junkie, if you're not. You would, you're not going to watch it on week one. You'd watch it at week zero kind of right. stuff. All right. So. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Again, our thanks to Jeff Collins for his time on uh, the show. Our thanks to our friends at Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes. It's got zero sugar. It's got what you need to push your limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at uh, Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Until tomorrow, take care.